Hello, I'm Nigella Lawson and these are my seasonal sound bites. Three podcasts in celebration of festive cooking produced in collaboration with my publisher's Vintage. Now, I make no secret of the fact that Christmas lunch is my favourite meal in the world. As I've often said, I wallow in it and relish it. It's an enthusiasm that I appear to have inherited. My great-grandmother loved Christmas lunch so much, she made a second one each Midsummer's Day. While this is, admittedly, high-stakes cooking compared to your average lunch, I really believe that the stress should never outweigh the pleasure. Home cooking is the real heart of Christmas, and home cooking needn't ever be perfect or fancy. For me, the cosy splendour of a full festive table, and even better, the company of those sitting around it, always just about outweighs those moments of rocketing blood pressure. Here, I talk through the before, during and after of my Christmas. The traditional classics the alternative recipes, and those dishes I return to year after year. And, of course, some tips for minimising stress levels and making sure the season of goodwill stays that way. Today, in the final episode of the series, I'm talking about the food that comes after the Christmas Day lunch, from puddings, both traditional and non-conformist, to the cold cuts of Boxing Day. It seems almost unimaginable that we find the space for more food after such a feast, but somehow we always do. Nigella, you've written something wonderful about your ultimate Christmas pudding in Nigella Christmas. Would you read it for us? With great delight. Um, I don't deny it. There is something unattractively boastful about calling one's own recipe ultimate. But having soaked my dried fruit for this pudding in Pedro Jimenez, the sweet, dark, sticky sherry that has a hint of licorice, fig and treacle about it, I know there is no turning back. This here is the queen of Christmas puddings. It has to be tried and clamours to be savoured. I know that many of you, tradition be damned, are resistant to Christmas pudding, and I do understand why, but you must try this, for until you do, you probably think that all dried fruit is, well, dry, and the pudding heavy. Yet this is far from the case. The fruit is moist and sticky, and the pudding mystifyingly, meltingly light. And to reiterate the little English history lesson I gave in Feast, actually the Christmas pudding was once seen as a religious affront. Oliver Cromwell banned it as a lewd custom, dismissing the rich pudding as unfit for God-fearing people. And the Quakers magnificently condemned it as the invention of the Scarlet Whore of Babylon. I used to fear that the Quakers made Christmas pudding sound rather more exciting than it is. So I've long done my bit to come up with a pudding that the Scarlet Whore of Babylon would be truly proud of. I don't recant any earlier recipes, but this one definitely is it. As you just mentioned in your reading there, traditional Christmas pudding has its fair share of detractors. Uh, If one really isn't to be converted, what do you make instead? Well, I often make something alongside a traditional Christmas pudding because I can't stand the moaners around the table. And I call it chocolate pudding for Christmas pudding haters. So I make a chocolate sponge in exactly the same shape and size mould that I will steam my Christmas pudding in. And I just make a chocolate sponge and I steam it. Very easy to do. You know, it just really just cooks away while you're eating Christmas lunch. And then I pour a hot chocolate sauce over it. And actually, of course, it finds favour with children as well. And I think children reasonably don't often like Christmas pudding. But certainly, it seems to keep a lot of people happy. And I quite like the fact that it looks like a Christmas pudding. I do like a Yule log. Um, Very French, the Bouche de Noël, which is really a very light chocolate sponge. You roll up with chocolate icing and then you cover it with chocolate icing and you break bits off to do the little sort of twiggy bits. And then the thing I quite like doing is getting some sort of skewer to do the sort of wood grain marks 
It's not something I would suggest if you're really short of time, but it isn't actually hard. You just have to be a bit patient. But it does look very beautiful and it does taste good, but it is Christmassy. I mean, I think that's the point. I mean, there are a lot of different puddings you could make, but at Christmas time, you want it to feel that it belongs to the season. And on that note, (laughs) my boozy British trifle. I mean, I make many trifles and I'd be happy to offer up all of them. But there is something about a truly old-fashioned looking trifle, you know, heavy with custard. And I do make my custard. I know a lot of people really champion using bought custard or making up custard powder, but I like making custard and I insist upon it. But I don't look down on those who won't, I have to say. But I do think there is something about the booze-soaked sponge, and I'm happy about whether you use stale cake, brioche, or I do favour a packet trifle sponge myself often, and then the fruit, the custard, the cream, and the decorations on top. I've gone often quite tasteful with sort of pomegranates and pistachios and whatnot, but a friend of mine says it is absolute heresy not to get those um, tooth-breaking little silver balls on top of a trifle. And I agree too. And I also like those dried crystallised rose petals or violets. And I think there is something about a trifle that is just, you know, like Christmas in your granny's house, which I like. After we have survived uh, Christmas Day itself, we get to Boxing Day. And I just wondered whether that meal of, of yesterday's leftovers, is that something that you really look forward to? I mean, I have to say, I really love the leftovers. For me, it's one of the best parts of Christmas food. And I've spoken a lot about this. I'm going to read something I wrote in Feast because it kind of sums up my feelings about leftovers concisely. And often when I start talking, I'm not so concise. I don't feel a house is a home until there are leftovers in the fridge. And Christmas leftovers are my all-time favourite. To be honest, I'm happy simply knowing there's a Boxing Day breakfast waiting for me to be eaten with my fingers while standing at the open fridge door of cold roast turkey, cold roast potatoes, cold bread sauce and a cardiac red blob of cranberries. I wonder if you could tell us what some of the dishes that we could make with our leftovers on Boxing Day are. I have to start with my Christmas sandwich. I know it's not exactly a recipe. In fact, it is no way a recipe. But for me, having everything that you have left over from Christmas lunch in a sandwich, I mean... It may, you know, prove problematic. It may have jawache after eating it, but it's worth it. So I have that's there. And I also add mango chutney. Mango chutney is essential. There are people in my family who add mayonnaise. I'm not one of them, but certainly mango chutney. But of course, you know, you do need to provide meals and it actually makes life easier if you've got the leftover turkey and you don't have to be cooking all the time or at least thinking of big meals you're planning. I never understand why people moan about the turkey coming out again. I think it's something to be celebrated. I do think that Christmas lunch is traditional, but leftover turkey can be used in perhaps on untraditional ways. So I like to make a light and zingy noodle salad. So you might have a Vietnamese salad sometimes with those very fine rice vermicelli. And the dressing might be made with soy, ginger, garlic, some lemon or rice vinegar, some shallot, finely sliced, some chilli. And I shred the turkey and I make a salad with that and some freshly chopped coriander and mince very good here as well. And I think there's something quite uplifting about that and it's light. 
and you need something light. And I also, this isn't light, but I also quite like making bang-bang turkey, which is like bang-bang chicken, you know, that rather sort of thick, claggy dressing with peanut butter. But that is good, and I do like it, as long as there's a lot of shredded iceberg, and I will not listen to the snobs who sneer at iceberg. I'm all for iceberg, and that's very good. I do make a turkey hash, which is quite American in a way, but then my literary editor, Ed Victor is American, and he gave me this recipe, that, which is why I call it Ed's Victorious Turkey Hash. And it really is wonderful. Now, I, I just think if I hadn't eaten it first, I might not have cooked it, which is it's got sort of some red peppers, which give a bit of crunch, and flaked almonds, which give crunch, some olives, a bit of sour cream, uh, leftover turkey stock or gravy if you have it, and some parmesan at the end. And it really is incredible. I mean, I can eat it straight from the pan. And another thing I can eat straight from the pan is my uh, Christmas bubble and squeak, which again is like the stuffing, um, the Brussels sprouts, anything, some parsnips, potatoes you have left over and sort of smooshed into something in a pan and just cooked with a fried egg on top is wonderful. I also make a salad I call North American salad, which I use wild rice, dried cranberries, and the turkey goes in there, and some pecans. I suppose in a way it's more Thanksgiving-y leftovers than Christmas leftovers, but since essentially our meal is the same. And I love that simply because, again, it's quite different and it's quite easy to make, throw things together. I mean, I know that wild rice takes several years to cook, but once it's cooked, you can let it get cold. I mean, cool it quickly and then it's fine. So I make a pilaf, which... I do adore, and it's quite delicate, even though I use brown basmati. I mean, you could use any rice. And I also have lots of fresh dill in it and some pomegranate seeds, shredded turkey, leftover turkey. And I like a few seeds as well, you know, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds. You can get, you know, a mixture of them all together, if that's easier. But I always have those seeds in the house, and I rather like it. A bit of crunch with the rice and with the turkey. And I, I think the thing about these sorts of salads or ways of using leftovers is that they introduce a different note. I love having leftover turkey, but I don't want to eat it in exactly the same way at every meal. I couldn't be any hungrier right now. Just so <laughs> good to hear about all that Christmas food. Nigella, thank you for telling us about all of that stuff. Uh, there's only one thing left to do now, which is to wish you Happy Christmas. And the same to you and to everyone. Thank you for listening to my seasonal sound bites. I read today from my books Nigella Christmas and Feast. My latest, Simply Nigella, is out now. You can also find a selection of festive recipes at nigella.com. Do listen to the other two episodes of my seasonal soundbite series, available now. <laughs>